This is Toastcaster, the communication leadership and learning lab with your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 138, Welcoming Change and Embracing Technology, a Bloodline for Tomorrow's Restaurants and Retail, with our guest, Britton Brown. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Toastcaster, your communication leadership and learning lab. This is your host, Greg Gazin, and we're here today with another exciting guest. Our guest today is Britton Brown. He has a BA in economics from Queen's University. He is also the president of GiveX. He's been with the company for 17 years, where he has held various managerial roles in the National Accounts and Operations Division and has been responsible for some of the company's largest client successes. As President Brown has driven GiveX's international expansion efforts and has overseen numerous successful acquisitions. Known as an incredible collaborator and team builder, his leadership and passion for people has been instrumental in the company's explosive growth, which have allowed him to build relationships with partners and industry leaders. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with GiveX, they're a company that provide restaurant, retail, and other industries with tech solutions. This includes point-of-sale, ordering technology, kitchen display systems, as well as management systems, gift cards, loyalty programs, and analytics that help drive sales and make better business decisions. There's a plug for GiveX for you. Speaking to us today from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Britton Brown, welcome to the program. That was a great intro, Greg. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having myself representing GiveX today. It's my pleasure, and thank you for spending the time. Now, there's no industry out there that really hasn't been ravaged by today's global pandemic. But today we're going to be looking primarily at the restaurant industry. But what we're going to talk about today will apply not only to restaurants, but individuals as well. And anyone who's a leader in their industry, I think, will be able to pick up some tips and tricks from today's session. But what I'm curious about to begin with is what's going on right now in your part of the world in the minds of both, let's say, the restaurant owners and the operators? Great question, Greg. And it's definitely something that we've got some very acute visibility on here at GiveX because of our involvement with uh, owners and operators in that industry, but also with the solutions that we want to provide to help them get through all of this. And we've seen recessions in the past, you know, 2008, it was a, a hard year on, on the same industry and others. And this is a lot different than that, obviously, but it was also a time when GiveX found ways to, to actually help our merchants in their success uh, by providing ways for them to continue to engage and, and work with their consumers. Now, what's on their minds today is absolutely how do they actually take what they've got and make it work for all the rules that are now in place. They can't have people dining in. They need to find a way of getting that food out to their consumers now. And those operators are doing everything that they need to, to get it delivered, to be able to take the orders and to be able to provide their same quality and, and experience that they've become known for to their consumers. We're certainly going to get into some specifics, but I'm also thinking, I'm, I'm looking at the other side, not necessarily the other side, but there's also the staff and then there's also the patrons. What's going on? What's, what are they thinking about right now? Absolutely. And, you know, the first thing that all of them are thinking is about health and safety. That's really, that's the table stakes. That's the showstopper. They need to get that taken care of, done and dusted and out of the way to make sure that the rest of the business can continue. So for the consumers the, of the actual product, they want to know that where they're going is following all the right rules to keep the experience clean and healthy. 
Likewise, for the staff, they want to know that they can go into a workplace that's safe. They don't want to be able to have to worry about bringing anything home to the rest of their family while they can be at work for the whole day. So again, health and safety for both the operators, the servers, the staff, and the consumers. That's got to be top of mind. As a service person within a restaurant, I would be thinking to myself, you know, do I stay home? Do I come back? Do I wait till things just start to change a little bit more? I think that, you know, anyone who, who's already a hard worker, and I think that anyone who is actually in this business is already a very hard worker. I know that they want to get back to work as soon as they can and, and be doing things that can help them, you know, survive, obviously, uh, from a financial perspective, but also from just a need to want to get out and do something. And so I think that, you know, I imagine the majority of these folks want to get in and start doing their job albeit a modified version of their job, most likely. And they're all suffering from COVID fatigue. I know I was watching the news this morning and I was watching all the people going to the beaches and it's like, they probably know they're not supposed to, but they're probably going quite uh, quite stir crazy. But nevertheless, I, <laughs> I digress. Thinking of restaurants, thinking, let's say about dine-in services, the way we've known it in the past, it's gone we're looking at a new normal. There's going to be huge changes that are going to be made. And that's going to be more than just servers and face masks, you know, the constant cleaning and also telling the customers that everything is fine. What are some of the things that companies are going to need to start doing if they want to successfully reopen and stay in business? Well, they absolutely need to be looking at how they can optimize uh, the product that they're delivering to re- potentially a new audience as well as their existing audience and how they're going to mimic that experience. Um, the dine-in option we know is not going to be the same as it was, even when and if that becomes an option to allow for. It's certainly not the same type of experience that you would have had in the past. You're going to have distancing within the restaurant itself as well as modified uh, approaches to how you know, the food's going to be delivered and how you communicate with your server. All those things are going to change the experience. And so the, the restaurateurs are definitely looking at ways of not only increasing the throughput of what they can deliver outside of the restaurant, whether it's delivery or on the patio, uh, they definitely want to find a way to actually optimize that and essentially get to a point where they are able to turn a certain number each day based on their dine-in. They need to find a way to do that same number or reduce their overhead through the other channels that are becoming more and more popular now. You know, I'm thinking back that this is happening today, but even just thinking of people starting to use tools like Zoom, you know, going back 10 years, these things were available to just a few. If you go back even further, not available to anyone at all. And I think that technology is obviously one of the major factors that's driving this new normal. Just look at the contactless payments. I mean, no one's using cash anymore. Now, you're a technology company, so obviously these are solutions that you provide. What are some of the things that restaurants can do, or maybe they're already doing, maybe some of the specific technologies? Because I know it's it's good that we can generally say we're going to use technology to make things better, but what are some of the specifics that they're using? Great question, Greg. And you really hit it when you said that technology for Zoom was available 10, 15 years ago or not at all. Even when we had it, it might not have been as interesting or we might not have needed it. Conference calls and face-to-face meetings still ruled and that was the way people wanted to do it. In this industry now at the restaurants, 
We've had online ordering. We've had apps. Those have all been around for so many years now. People still love that in-person experience, though. So even those things, if they were great, they didn't necessarily have to take off. Now, very specifically, we've got to look at these alternate technologies that are available for the restaurateurs to really bring in that business. And those tools include, obviously, your online ordering app, your QR code scanning to bring up a menu. Uh, you're looking at menu boards to replace, you know, in paper menus that are being handed out. You want to display something as opposed to hand something over. Anything that can promote touchless activity is certainly where technology is helping out. And then you have payments as well. Credit card, debit, obviously those are huge, but another GiveX product as well as gift card. And those are all available in an electronic fashion. It becomes more and more interesting and important today so that that technology can actually help out with replacing those other obviously touch heavy types of transactions that were present before. Now something like a QR code enabled menu, how would that work? So in that case you you would have still a walk up type of uh, opportunity happen you have someone coming by the restaurant uh, and you don't have necessarily a menu board up showing everything in a nice flashy video or image but you do have the opportunity to still have your nice video hosted online. And when you do that, every phone out there today, as long as it's not a flip phone maybe, is able to open up the camera and scan a QR code. That QR code represents a link, and that link would go straight to that restaurateur's online menu and display for the consumer what is available, obviously. And those are great because not only is it in the consumer's hands already, they don't have to pick up something else, but that could also very well be an actual online ordering tool. So not only a menu, but it could actually be a way for the consumer to place their order and submit it straight to the restaurateur's point of sale system so that that reduces the interaction required as well to place the actual order. Interesting. So of course, this will be nothing new for the the Gen Zs, I guess, if you will, or the iGen, or probably even some of the millennials. But a lot of us are are creatures of habit. So how does that experience change? How is that going to change for us? Because I'm I'm thinking it's going to be really different. Oh, it's got to be different for for folks that have not been able to use it before. But I believe that the technology itself has already had an opportunity to come a long way, and we know that technology evolves and grows even faster once it's actually being used by more people and it gets more feedback and you have different types of users on it, the technology listens and it's forced to evolve to, to meet that need. So you can obviously have the, the chunk of folks who are already quite familiar with it, but you know that uh, there's other folks, when I spoke to my parents, they were never using it before, but they sure are now and they picked it up and they figured it out because it was a necessity. They didn't want to just keep cooking at home. They wanted to order something and to order something, they knew they had to find a new way to do it because the restaurateurs weren't necessarily picking up the phone anymore either. Too much business happening through the online model. Of course, we can already see a challenge with customizing it. You know, you want your coffee with the cream on the side. You know, some places are still having a challenge being able to deliver that. So you need to get, wait till you get to the, to the, <laughs> to the takeout window. I'm thinking... Already, we're talking about efficiency with technology. One of the benefits of adopting this technology would be even the accuracy of, of an order. What are some of the other benefits of organizations saying, okay, we're going to, out of necessity, we have to start using this type of technology, but what are some of the other benefits they would have by doing so? 
Sure. Well, first of all, for that milk and sugar in your coffee, man, that's just add-ons and modifiers. That's covered, so don't worry. Now, <laughs> Some don't. They'll get there. And then for accuracy, obviously that's a huge benefit because what someone actually enters into the system and sees themselves, they know that that's actually going to convey much better than a spoken order or what someone wrote down on the chit. But other advantages we have now are going to be speed and throughput because uh, you actually have the ability to have all these orders now come into a queue. That queue is monitored through the kitchen system itself. Kitchen display is going to get each order as it comes in, print it to the right station. You still have all your chefs, you still have all your food prep stations ready to go. And the speed at which they can actually get something ready and delivered out to you is absolutely going to increase based on the technology that already exists to be in the back of the house. You're going to have roles evolve too, where the technology has, rather than a server taking an order, they're going to be there more as a running the order. They're going to get it to the place it needs to be for either, uh, you know, picked up by the delivery service or at the takeout counter where the person is going to come in and pick up their food. So you have the technology, I think, definitely speeding things up as well as making it more accurate. From the point of view of the restaurateur who's running their business, what do they need to do? They need to reduce their overhead. They know that they might want to keep that storefront. It's an important, iconic position for them, but the rent didn't necessarily change. So they need to find other ways of reducing overhead. A big way to do that is through actually optimizing what you're doing with your food and your inventory and your waste. And that is something that absolutely technology is there to help with. A lot of restaurants have already adopted that model and have been using it for many years, but some have not. And this, again, is the opportunity for that existing technology to be present for them to really dive in and do a better job of counting how many carrots need to be ordered, making sure that they're not getting thrown out and to make sure that they have the, the right number that doesn't spoil before the end of the week or the end of the day. So these are all things that technology is going to be helping out with in this realm. Now, obviously, there's going to be a cost of getting into this new technology. There's going to be a cost of, of going to these, these new type of models. But I can certainly see if you can find a way of throwing out less food. Well, first of all, it's a lot more, uh, I guess it's more green, if you will. But also the fact that some organizations or some restaurants or even stores, we're starting to see organizations that are posting people at the front door. It's great that they're going to be greeting people, but they're handing out masks or giving out sanitizer and they have to post that individual at the door. So right then and there, they're incurring more costs in terms of materials that they need to have, but also the staff costs of having that one person standing at that door. For sure. And I think that while that is an increase, I think that still goes to one of the bottom line tenets, which is we have to show that we're out there, number one, we're communicating and having someone actually out front is actually a great benefit to just communicating outward to your welcoming people in. And the increased cost of the health and safety products is really going to go a long way, again, just to show that you're in a business that's ready to support the current needs of the world. And so while those costs are there, I think that they're going to be required. And I do think too that those costs can definitely come out of something else that was not required. So you're not going to need as many staff doing the actual serving or, or the taking of orders in the dine-in situation. So I think that's going to be more of a transfer of roles as opposed to a new role. And that's a benefit for sure. 
So we talked about the the benefits of companies adopting this new technology. We know there's going to be a bit of an experience change. How will adopting this technology evolve or change a company's business model? Right? We've already seen sit-downs doing takeout and curbside. Are there any other ways or how is this going to affect companies' business models? Absolutely. So other than obviously what we've talked about a little bit already with you know, health and safety need to be part of the model. Technology is going to be part of the model. Staff training is another huge one that is going to need to be part of the model. In addition to the training that has already always happened and been required for staff, they need to make sure that they're training based on these new tenants and requirements uh, to keep a safe and healthy business running. I think that's going to be a really important part of the actual model and their own overhead of how they plan. Now, when we get to the model itself and what their business needs to look like, they obviously don't necessarily want to be looking at a model that relies on uh, a large dine-in experience happening uh, in a closed environment, at least for the short term. Mm-hmm. Because we know that that's not going to be a realistic option for them to pursue. But what they do want to do is either, if you already have a huge floor space, then you want to look at how you take advantage of that for dining in by having great social distance opportunities. If you have a smaller space, then your model is going to focus a lot more on not necessarily using that small space in the back, but, you know, do what you can up front to bring attention to your shop. Use the patio if you can. But if you don't have anything outdoor and really indoor seating is not an option, then your model is absolutely going to focus on how much you can actually deliver through the kitchen. What is the maximum throughput of what you can do in your kitchen, the staff working in it, so you can accept those orders and get them out in a reasonable amount of time. And that's, I think, a huge part of what's going to happen. So as an example, even if you know that dine-in is not necessarily going to be an option, you might actually be looking at using some more of that indoor space to expand your kitchen so that you can actually do more of the actual product output. So there's going to be changes like that coming. And all of that becomes a lot easier, again, once you have uh, the technology to really run it efficiently. So in the kitchen... If it's getting bigger, you don't want to rely on people having to shout orders or toss chits down the line. You want a solid kitchen display system that actually goes to the right station, the right prep at the right time so that you can churn out those orders, especially on that Friday night. Like you said, when it gets busy, uh, you need to be able to receive a lot in a short period of time and get it all ready to go. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because in general, you're seeing some businesses or some restaurants they're basically scrambling. They've been closed for quite a while. They've had no customers. All of a sudden, the customers are now coming in and they seem to be focused on just making sure that they're able to serve the customers in a quick and a timely way. But it sounds like they're going to have to re, almost not reinvent the wheel, not maybe have a new, well, I guess you could say it would be a new plan because that's something I never thought about is saying, okay, let's take some of that restaurant space and convert that to kitchen. Because I know for myself, for delivery, primarily, I would I would get pizza delivered. But for me, I love the dine-in experience. I love my French fries crispy and no salt. That's why I always order it. And when you order takeout, quite often it comes comes soggy. But again, I, yeah, I'm learning to embrace this this new normal. So it sounds that it's not only a challenge for companies, but it could also be an opportunity because I think even before this, I'm sure depending on where you are, where you are in the world, some organizations were already having challenges even before this, this pandemic came around. 
Absolutely. And so there's going to be an opportunity for the food service technology there too. How do you keep a fry crispy for a longer period of time? What kind of container? <laughs> it's a great question and I'd love to see it solved. <laughs> I was watching the news the other day. I think it was CBS Sunday morning and they were talking about some of the new toilet technologies that companies are starting to look at putting in. I mean, that's something we really never thought of because sometimes, you know, toilets in restaurants, is it's a necessary evil, really. <laughs> a necessary evil. And, and up until now, it was one of those things where they knew like, all right, I know the bare minimum of what's required and I'll just do that. But now it's got to go next level, really, <laughs> if you're going to have it at all. Yeah, because some places you go in, it's a nice restaurant, but you go to the back and it's really, really, really scary. Mm -hmm. Once again, that health and safety comes top of the list of how does it feel good to the consumer? We need to find that perfect balance to ensure that, you know, they feel safe and they feel that you're doing everything that you need to do. Yeah. What do you think will happen besides the obvious if companies fail to embrace some of this new technology? Well, we, we do know what the obvious is, uh, but moving on from that, I think what's going to happen is that they, they really will be forced to rethink how they are going to support this new environment. And I think a big part of that will be about, about what we talked about, how to recenter where the, the real source of revenue comes from. You're not necessarily going to be counting the covers on tables in a night anymore. You're going to be counting on how do you make sure that you're communicating out and keeping in touch with your customer base to keep yourself top of mind for for those online orders and, and the takeout orders. You don't necessarily want to just rely on maybe third-party delivery service to promote you to the top of their list. You need to put yourself at the top of many lists to, to keep the attention going. So I think another important part too is really just merchants who have been able to keep communicating and really use their customer base that they already had uh, to keep front of mind, even if they're closed, if they're able to keep communicating and saying that they were there and, and looking for ways of continuing to deliver what they can deliver, that's what they need to do. I mean, another big thing, obviously, in restaurants has been restaurants moving to meal kits where they give you the opportunity to, to make those great meals that they did by selling you the kit to go pick up at home, which also an interesting idea. Not necessarily the technology base, but you're going to have to get creative with things like that. I don't think I could ever learn how to fold a tortilla properly, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there will be a cookbook in it then with those instructions. <laughs> oh, I've watched the videos. I think it's a hopeless cause. So, but <laughs> I'm also thinking here that with with restaurants looking at evolving and changing their business model, I think it's also an opportunity for the industry as a whole because restaurants are not just the restaurants. It's also their suppliers. It's people that deliver for them. It's third-party companies that, that work with them. I think it's a really good opportunity for the industry as a whole to be able to say, hey, you know what? Here's a, an opportunity to create somewhat of a new beginning. For sure. Everyone's got to look at it and, and figure out what can they provide that fits with the current needs, with the current needs definitely being uh, different than what they were. If you're a contractor installing outdoor signs before, now you want to look at what you can do to help, you know, expand kitchens or, you know, do indoor signage or, you know, signage that helps actually with menu boards and things like that. Yeah. I'm also thinking as consumers, we could also perhaps offer some guidance in terms of, hey, this is what we want. Let the favorite places that we go to, let them know. It may not 
totally be possible, but at least let them know what's going on in our minds. Absolutely. And we've seen a lot of that too uh, at work of really just, you know, we have to be in touch with our merchants. We have to hear what they're looking for because they're hearing it from their consumers. And that's got to really guide all this as it should and as it always has done. No one's in business because they just thought of something that they wanted to push on someone. They, they saw a need. That need is definitely something that the consumers are going to be after. Super. Now, of course, a lot of what we talked about, we were speaking specifically about restaurants and their patrons, but I think a lot of this can also apply to, to other industries as well. For someone who is thinking of starting to make a change, they know they need to make a change, they, need to, they know they need to look at some sort of technology, where should they start and how does your company give Exfident? They absolutely need to start by looking at their entire point of sale system because that is really the, the figurehead to all of these other things. You need a good point of sale system that already gives you uh, that ability to take an order and send it back to the kitchen and get it paid for. You want to be able to use that and then add on to it because adding on to that, that's what's going to give you online ordering because that feeds into the same system. The inventory tracking, it feeds into the same system. ERP, these are all things that are interconnected, but you have to really start with that central place and GiveX obviously provides a point of sale system that is the baseline of where you should get started. If you're not already in a modern platform that can integrate, uh, then you need to get there. It's time to move on from the cash register because that's not going to be too useful anymore. (laughs) And once you have that system in place as the bare bones, like heart of your business, the opportunity to add on to it is there with all these peripheral devices and services that we know that you're going to need. Certainly some good food for thought, pardon the pun. (laughs) Finally, where can people get a hold of you or get a hold of GiveX? Definitely. So www.givex.com is where you'll find us. We have a whole team that's ready and waiting to talk to you. We're on social media, obviously, LinkedIn, definitely all those great ways to find us, but givex.com, G-I-V-E-X.com. And we're here. We're here all around the world, in fact. So we're ready. Britton Brown, thank you for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Greg. You have a good one. Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. Now, I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us through directly through Toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way, you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes because it really helps with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmaster specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about. And perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies. A new book by Greg Gazin, geared to ages 8 to 80. Whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at outsmartingthebutterflies.com. <laughs>